most of the time when advice comes through from a loved one or from a guide, most of the time the advice is based in on path or off path versus right or wrong. So one thing that I've learned from that happening so many times is to make decisions not based on cultural right or wrong, not cultural right or wrong, but like what your parents, you know, told you was right. This is right. This is wrong. But make choices based on, are you on your spiritual path or are you off of your spiritual path? Hello, and welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. I'm your host, Sydney Weiss, and on the podcast today, I am joined by Isabel Maxwell. She's an intuitive author, medium, and the founder of The Sage Method. Isabel is one of the leading spiritual coaches in intuitive development, and she brings deep channeled knowledge and personal understanding to spirituality. She's been helping people connect to their authentic, natural, intuitive abilities for over 15 years. She's also an internationally known medium, author, and teacher. She's touched the lives of so many throughout the world, and I'm excited for you to hear this conversation because Isabel is really known for her compassion and her accuracy. She brings peace and comfort to so many through her energy work and the sessions and teachings that she shares also through the Sage Method, which is this life-changing intuitive training program that Isabel created that really teaches people how to open their intuitive abilities and live an authentic, blissful life. And this conversation is so good. I really enjoyed it. I loved sitting down with Isabel. It reminded me of like sitting down with an old friend over a cup of coffee or a cup of matcha or tea or something and just sort of catching up. And, you know, I am so convinced that we are all on a spiritual journey, spiritual path, and it looks different for all of us. And in the last, I don't know, like four and a half years of doing this podcast, I've just so enjoyed learning about so many people's spiritual journeys. And in this episode, Isabel shares how she went from skeptic to professional medium, like total skeptic to hi, I'm channeling people who have crossed over. And we talk about just the importance of knowing our blocks with this work. And she shares the practice that has really helped her become more confident in her intuitive abilities. And it's also the practice that she shares through the Sage Method. We talk about Isabeau's work helping souls cross over who are stuck in the in-between, changing the conversation from ghost to spirit. I think you're going to love this. And the best grilled cheese analogy truly that I have ever heard. Plus, Isabeau shares how we can take care of our energetic body through GCP, which stands for Ground, Clear, and Protect. Common messages that come through spirit and our loved ones, Isabeau's biggest dream, and so much more. Now more than ever, I just think it's so important that we have reliable resources that we can turn to. And that's where today's sponsor, BetterHelp, comes in. So I would love to share with you a little bit more about BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And it's easy and free to change counselors if you don't think the person you've matched with is a good fit. And no matter where you're listening to Seek the Joy podcast right now, you can also use BetterHelp because the service is available for people worldwide too. 
I just think it's so valuable to talk to someone about what it is that you're going through, whether that's anxiety, depression, grief, loss, changes at work or friendship dynamics or relationships, or you want to talk about the challenges of the last couple of years. And BetterHelp offers a broad range of expertise in their counselor network. So you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions too, which I still think is a game changer. I really want you to live a happier, more joyful, and just ease-filled life. That's why I share these conversations with you. And so I'm just excited to share that as a listener of Seek the Joy podcast, you will get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash seekthejoy. Join over 1 million people and counting taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash seek the joy. The link will also be included in our show notes. You know, I am really looking forward to the episodes that we're sharing this month. Uh, the month of May on Seek the Joy podcast. This week, it's all about connecting to your spiritual self. But I think the theme for this month on the podcast is really connecting to yourself, trusting yourself, trusting your story, your voice, and your path and your journey. And I keep like using synonyms probably of the same thought or word here, but I think it's really powerful. And I think you're going to really love these episodes. And I'm so looking forward to hearing what you think about today's episode with Isabeau. She's just really out here sharing her mission, which is to humanize people in spirit form and um, you know, remind you that ghosts, spirits are people too. So I, I can't wait to hear what you think about this one. So make sure to join the conversation on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. And before we dive in to today's new episode, I just want to remind you whether you've been listening to the podcast forever or you're just tuning in for the first time, just thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and listening. There are so many wonderful ways to support the show, to support my work on the show. I do this completely myself. There's no team. It's just, uh, you know, a party of one over here. So, you know, share the show with friends or family, coworkers, loved ones on your socials. Um, Hit that subscribe button. Hit that follow button. uh, And leave us a five-star rating and review. That's just such a wonderful and simple way to support the podcast. We also have merch. Uh, You can check out what we've got. T-shirts, mugs, sweatshirts all at the link in the show notes as well. And uh, I just can't thank you enough. I just cannot believe it's already May. It's May, like this year is flying by. Okay, I'm done rambling, that's it. Uh, Isabeau, thank you so much for this conversation. And uh, without further ado, let's dive in. Connecting to your spiritual self with Isabeau Maxwell. Isabeau, I am so looking forward to this conversation. You are an intuitive author, medium, and founder of the Sage Method. But I heard from a birdie, a little birdie, that you weren't always um, a professional medium, that there was a time in your life where you were more of a skeptic. So I'd love to start off. Can we start talking about maybe your journey with intuition or your spiritual journey, how all this came about for you? Absolutely. And I just want to say thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for coming on. I'm looking forward to this all morning. My journey, I love how you said a little bit more skeptic. I'll actually say I was completely skeptic. (laughs) I was 100%. Mm -hmm. There was nothing. mm -mm. There wasn't any spirituality 
Uh, very little religion. I was a math major in college. One plus one was two, and that's all that existed, kind of thing. Now, oh was on the whole other end of the spectrum. If we're talking I was on about the math, whole other end of that. Oh my spectrum. god! Talk about being concrete, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it was, it was, it wasn't that I was trying to prove anything not real. Mm-hmm. That just wasn't a part of my conversation at any point in any day. So. I was, it was 2005. So I'm going to age myself here. So I was like, I was right around 32 years old and my grandmother passed and she was in Minnesota and I was in New Hampshire. And when she passed away, um, moments after that, maybe an hour or so, my memory's not great, but maybe an hour or so she showed up in my living room and, and really scared me really. I mean, it was a, a solid 70%. She was about 30% transparent, 70% solid. And it was, it like happened. I remember I was alone, was standing in the middle of my living room. And I remember yelling at her, if that was you, don't ever do that again. (laughs) It was like this panic thing that happened. And then I went, wait a minute. Was that you? Mm -hmm. Like, is this stuff that I don't ever talk about or think about real? And then I didn't say anything to anyone because I had no one in my circles, no one in my circles that had any connection to spirituality or anything like that. And I didn't say anything. And the next morning, my husband said, I had a dream last night. It was really weird. Your grandmother was in my dream and she was so, so real. And she had this blue button down t-shirt sorts. And I just thought, oh my gosh, because that's what she showed up in the night before in my living room or the day before my living room. So she shows up to me. Then she shows up in my husband's dream. And I said, okay, now I need to explore this. Mm -hmm. So I sat down and I said, I don't know which, where to go, try Googling a few things. And there's, you know, 7 billion bits of information on that. So I thought, okay, well, I need to meet, I need to know somebody. And I, the only person I could think of was a Tai Chi instructor that I knew. And I remember I went to him and I said, okay, you're the strangest guy I know. (laughs) Can you help me? I mean, that's how far out I was. And he was one of the kindest, kindest individuals ever. He started me with pendulum work where you can ask yes and no questions with a pendulum and really got me to begin honing my intuition. Then I could feel her more Then I could sense her, get some messages. I started to eventually be able to see more and met my first guide. And my guide spent two years teaching me how to hone my intuition, which in essence ended up being the sage method. So yeah, it went from one end to the other. Wow. Really quick too. It sounds like, it sounds like it was a really, really quick journey with your grandmother showing, showing up in that way, sort of soon after she passed. And then it sounds like almost her showing up in your husband's dream was like the proof you needed, like the confirmation. And especially because she showed up in the same outfit, you know, showing up the same way. And I'm curious about this piece uh, that you shared that you were working with your guides for, for two years to really hone in on your intuition. I'd love it if you could share maybe a little bit more about that process or even how you define intuition. Um, I I think we all have, I think we're all intuitive, but we all have a different experience with our intuition. Absolutely. I met him also kind of on a fluke. I didn't Mm -hmm. understand what spiritual guides were. And back then I was very self-consumed with what people thought of me. Um, You know, I, I had a lot of blocks that I now 
you know, don't thank goodness because of the work that I've gone through. But back then I was really kind of consumed. I didn't want to tell anybody what was happening to myself. I didn't want to be judged. You know, when you go a lifetime thinking that psychics are frauds and then you wake up one day and you're one, (laughs) it's like, okay. (laughs) Totally. And I really kind of kept to myself and I was leaving my friend's house and he had some woods around his home. And I saw what looked like, you know, when you see heat on the top of a road, it's kind of, you know, transparent, but there's something there. I saw Mm -hmm. that in the woods and it was more in the shape of, of like a person. Mm. So I didn't just see my guide out there. It was like, that's weird. What am I seeing? And I started going out there and sitting. My friend didn't mind. He was like, yeah, stop by whenever you want. And I would go out there and sit. And then I started to realize this is, this is someone and I'm communicating with somebody other than my grandmother. Wow. And, uh, he slowly, but surely I started to be able to hear him over time. I started to be able to see him And he really helped me understand how intuition works, you know, what you can do with it. I think the biggest takeaway from working with him is learning that intuition isn't something that's reserved for just a special few. It's actually a completely natural sense that every single person has. The only reason why one person has strong intuition flowing and another one doesn't is because their intuition is blocked. That sense is blocked. And then he walked me through understanding what blocks the sense. I had to do some inner work to really unblock it for myself. And then he, you know, helped me to connect and the the tips and things, you know, we'll try this defocus from the agreed upon reality. That's when you can start to really see, um, anchoring into mother earth, doing something, you know, called GCP ground, clear, protect will set your intention. So he walked me through all of that stuff. And then when I was working as a professional medium, which I did because I, I didn't know what else mediums did, I guess Mm -hmm. I thought, well, this is my job now. So I did. And working as a professional medium for about six months is when, if I can recall, he sat me down and he said, okay, here's the deal. I want you to go through everything you and I went through and I want you to put it together and I want you to give it to other people and help them to understand that intuition is not for a special few. It's not a gift. It's an ability. Mm -hmm. So that's where the sage method was born. I started teaching that back in like 2008. Wow. I've been teaching that for, for years and I love it so much because by the time somebody gets through the end of it, they're like, whoa. I didn't, I didn't think I could do that. And I'm like, that's the cool part is that we all can. We just haven't had the instruction on how to get, get to it. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting what you were sharing about the blocks that showed up in your life. And it sounds like the first one or one of the biggest ones was this piece about being consumed with what other people thought of you. And that, Mm -hmm. so it sounds like that was a huge block. And then maybe also this, you touched a little bit on doubt and I'm curious, I'm sure there's somebody out there listening to this right now thinking like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, how do I know what's the difference between my intuition versus my imagination? Or what if I'm in this deep like space of doubt. What do you say to people who, who feel that way or, or have that experience? Um, cause I think that's something we all wrestle with at times. Oh, absolutely. The doubt piece 
is big. When it comes to, I'll say this, when it comes to imagination versus intuition, the way that he explained it to me, and once I started putting my focus on it that way, then I started to feel the subtle difference. And so the way he explained it to me was intuition is a pull. Your imagination is a push. Hmm. So think of it in terms of when you catch yourself having a moment and you say, did I make that up? Review the moment and did you feel pushing or did you feel pulling? And once you do that and you start to kind of revisit it over and over and over, you start to, and you start to think, oh no, I could feel that pull or, oh, I could, I could feel that I was pushing. I could feel that I was pushing and it's the recognizing of it and seeing it and looking for it that soon it just becomes, oh, that's, I'm definitely being pulled right now. Mm-hmm. Or I am definitely pushing right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Push versus pull. I never thought yeah, about but, it that way. And isn't that wild that it, it seems like it's such a simple statement, but I didn't think of that. No, no. You know, and once he explained it, I went, wow. Okay. And I think that that's what I loved working with him is that he broke it down into something that was digestible, understandable, something that I could actually take a step forward and do. And I think Mm -hmm. that that was the part that was so helpful to me, but the doubt piece was also a huge block that I had. Yeah. Huge block. And the, the tip that I give people is I love something. I create something called a no doubt notebook and get a notebook or a journal designated just for this. And when you have a really strong intuitive moment, perhaps even ones that you can remember in the past, write it in the journal. Then when you have a moment a couple of days later, cause you will <laughs> a couple of days later, you'll be like, is this real? Mm-hmm. Then go back to the journal and reread the ones reminding yourself of, you know, those moments that really did happen. And I love science and spirituality and approaching it kind of with both angles, because Mm -hmm. doubt is something that's happening in our brain. It's a habit. Our synapses are firing in a certain direction for so long that you can have a huge moment intuitively. And then two days later, your brain's right back to the old pattern of doubt. And so I tell people, let go of feeling. Sometimes people will feel bad that they have doubt. Why can't I just trust myself? Why can't I just have... Mm-mm. It's not you. It's your brain wiring. You're mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> Get the journal, write everything down in there. And it was, it was, this journal came to be because I was doing a reading for a woman, young woman, and her grandmother came through. The grandmother was holding a small white dog, feeding it green beans. And I remember thinking that's really specific. Mm-hmm. And I nervously said it to her because I thought, well, this is probably going to be wrong. That's really specific. And the woman was like, yeah, my grandma, that's her dog. And that was what she fed her was green beans. And wow. I, my head, I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Right. And now I, this is one of the biggest ones that had happened to me starting as a, as a medium in the first year. And I told my friend, I'm like, I can't believe this. Right. Wow. Three days later. I say to my friend, oh, I got to go in the office and do a reading. I don't even know if this is real. And my friend looked at me and said, that's it. I love you, but I am done listening (laughs) to your doubt. You do not get to pull out a poodle eating green beans. And then two days later, and it was kind of a joke, but I went, what is going on? And that's Mm -hmm. when I dove into the science part of it. I'm like, something's happening. Oh my god, It's got to be because how do you have a moment like that? And no way. everyone's had moments where there's super strong moments and then they start doubting again. So I get yeah. it. Yeah. I relate. 
Yeah. I think that's such, okay. I love this story. Like I love this story about the dog and the green, the green beans, the peas, whatever, because it's such a perfect representation of, we can engage it with our intuition or anything that we do in life. But then over time, that confidence starts to wane and the real, it sounds like the way to build up this confidence in your intuitive abilities in yourself, or just in general in life, it's all about repetition, but it's also about creating a space where you have this reminder for yourself of, oh, hey, yeah, yeah, I just did that the other day. Now I I can trust myself. And the more we can do that, I think the more we step out of that space of, I don't know, like the word that comes to mind is like imposter, like an imposter syndrome of sorts of not trusting yourself um, and building up this confidence over time. I just, I love that story because you were like, there's no way this is going to be her grandma. And then it was exactly her grandma to a T. Yeah. And having to trust yourself, it takes time trusting your intuition. And that is a, a, a hard part of opening up when you're reading for other people, because it can be a little nerve wracking, mm-hmm. you know, Yeah, especially when someone's like, well, that doesn't make sense. And with time, you learn that as long as you just say what you see, feel and hear, that's, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't interpret it. But yeah, there's a lot of, um, confidence that comes when you start using your intuition because it kind of has to, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you have to learn how to have faith in yourself and trust in yourself. And then that spreads out, like you said, to all the other areas of your life. You start to have more confidence in yourself as a parent. You start to have more confidence in yourself as a, as a friend or a business owner, you know, things like that. And I got to tell you, people have asked me, if you could go back and your grandma didn't open you up, would you choose that? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. I did not know joy until I got to the other side of opening up my intuition. Mm-hmm. That's when I looked back and went, wow, I was unhappy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Had myself convinced I wasn't <laughs> unhappy, but I was unhappy. It's so interesting the timing too, I can imagine of your grandmother presenting herself to you in this way after she passed you. I think you mentioned you were 32 or something. And so it's an interesting, I think, time in your life. And I love this perspective that you just shared that you really didn't recognize joy in your life until you allowed yourself to open up until, and the way I interpret what you just said is until you drop this sense of inner judgment, if you, you know, you drop this sense of needing to probably people please, because you were worried about what other people thought when you release this doubt, when you step into this greater confidence, that's where this big piece of joy in your life showed up. And it just so happened to coincide with, um, recognizing that you were intuitive, that you're a a medium, that you have these capabilities, what a gift. And I think it shows up for all of us in its own way. There's always some kind of event I have noticed through these conversations over the last almost five years, and it's happened in my own life too, where something happens where in the moment you're like, damn, this sucks. (laughs) Like I would not have chosen this in the moment, but it's the catalyst that opens you up to more, that opens you up to something different, that opens you up to your own joy. So what a gift that this is what it was for you, because now you get to share with other people. Exactly. And I, I, I see that all the time with students as well. Mm -hmm. It's usually a big event where they say, okay, I have to push forward. I don't want to push forward because like you said, this sucks. This sucks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, but please push forward. And I tell people 
you know, when they're opening up, you do have to do some of that inner work, but the outcome of it, when people graduate from the sage method, they, a lot of times will give feedback saying my life is better. Like Mm -hmm. I, I took the course to open my intuition, but my actual life is better. And it's like, well, that's because we got rid of the blocks that were blocking your intuition. When we got rid of those blocks, it improved your life, Mm -hmm. but awareness is tough. That's, that's the hard part when you're aware of it and you're looking at it right in the face, you're like, oof. Mm -mm." but Mm -hmm. if you've got awareness, you're like 90% there, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's so, that's so true. I want to talk a little bit too about this work that you do with helping souls cross over, um, based upon my, what I know about you. Uh, this is work that's really close to your heart and, and so much of what you do. And so I would love if we could dive into it. I mean, I, this is something I've recently learned about is that souls can get stuck, uh, after they've passed and when they're crossing over. So how do souls get stuck? What does this work look like for you? I I think this is going to be so interesting for people to, to learn more about. Well, when I was working with my guide in the beginning, those first few years toward the end, he said that this is what you're going to do. You're going to help souls that are, that are stuck. Now, mind you, in the first years of opening up, I had a therapist because (laughs) I was the only thing that this adult knew at that Mm -hmm. point was every horror movie I had ever seen <laughs> before about ghosts and, about and ghosts death. And-, and I'm like, no, he said, you're going to help people that wow. um, are also, you're going to help living people who are dealing with um, attachments or hauntings or think, well, he used the word hauntings, but, and in my head, you know, somebody's like backwards crab walking up a wall, like from the movie. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I'm, yes. my first response was no. You're like, hell no, this is not what I signed up for. No, 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 no. Um, I'm just signing up to get information and pass it on to another person. That's <laughs> it. And he said, well, yes, but this is going to be, this is your actual real job. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants me to bring the teachings out to people too. But he said, but this is your spiritual, spiritual job is to yeah. help people cross over. So I had a moment with him that... I think it's a good time to share this moment. I had a moment with him where I was pushing back on this because I was so scared. I had never done it. And my brain just imagined what it would be like. And so I was so scared. And all of a sudden he showed me a vision. I was out in the woods with him. He showed me a vision of this. It looked like a, like a tall hotel on an Island. And there's this huge body of water around it. And people were falling out of this building And then trying to swim across this like giant moat. And he said, these are the people that they're leaving. That building is earth. They're leaving earth and they've got to cross that water to get to the other side. And he said, well, what if someone can't get across the water? Would you not help them? I'm like, this is really scary. (laughs) I'm seriously, I don't want to do this. And he said, look, and I turned and I looked down at the water in this vision and, um, then my kids were swimming across the water. I'm pausing because it sounds kind of creepy, but in the vision, it was my kids. And he goes, wouldn't you help them? Mm. And I went, Ooh, yeah. And he said, that's the key that you need to know is every soul that is stuck is someone's child. Mm. And I went, okay, I'm on board. That was a total perspective shift in the moment. Total perspective shift. Yeah. Out of fear for yourself, it sounds like, and into recognizing the humanity yeah. of these souls who, who are stuck in that sort of in-between space. 
And that's wow, powerful. That's the word is the humanity. Yeah. That that's and so for me, I've spent a number of years trying to uh, lovingly change the conversation from ghost to spirit mm. because by no one's fault, really of their own, it was just kind of a general pop culture thing that happened. People now experience spiritual interactions and they're scared. I get that. <laughs> I mm-hmm. totally understand it. And people will call and say, uh, there's footsteps going up and down my house. I'm haunted. I'm terrified. And they show up and it's their Aunt March. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> um, and I mean, that one actually really did happen. The woman would hear footsteps and then she would wake up randomly every, like once or twice a month. She'd mm-hmm. wake up and all the cabinets were open in her kitchen. Mm. She was terrified. So like the third time this happened, she finally called and said, hey, I'm really scared. Yeah, I show up. It was literally her aunt who was angry, not angry, but frustrated that her niece who's standing in front of me had changed her pie recipe. <laughs> and I said, can you think back to the times that the cabinet doors were open? Did it happen to be the morning after you made the pie? And the woman was like, I cannot believe this. And I'm like, that is I can't so amazing. I, I was laughing. Now, this aunt wasn't stuck. She was crossed over. People who are crossed over can, can mm-hmm. create activity like this as well. Um, I just thought it was adorable. Yeah. And, and yeah. really the, the biggest message was that the aunt wanted to start connecting with her. And mm. I thought that was really beautiful. But And that was the way she found it, figured out how she could do it for herself in that moment. Yeah. yeah. But unfortunately, yeah. it had that result of sort of freaking out the niece a little bit. But I think this is such an interesting um, and, and not to totally interrupt you, but the thought that's coming to mind is we can't control how these messages show up or how loved ones who have crossed over are going to present themselves. And so it c- comes across as like a little freaky to us in the moment. But if you can sort of pull back the layers and kind of get to the message underneath, it's really a gift. That's what I'm taking yeah. from what you're sharing right now. It is. If you can, if you can get past that fear, if you can walk past the fear. Yeah. You know, I, I just recently had a friend of a friend call me and her mother had passed and there was a tray that had been moved in her house a couple times and she knew it was her mom and her mom came through to me and the woman uh, said to me, you tell my mother to stop it, that I am scared. And the mom was just the sweetest thing. She said, you tell my daughter, I'm not going to stop and she needs to get over it. And I, and I want to talk to her and I'm like, okay, oh man, Here we go. So it's, that's my real push is to help people understand that these are, these are people too. Now, why people get stuck? Cause that yeah. was the question that you had asked. I have seen so many different reasons. And I'll start by saying the transition process is an absolute automatic pull. You know, so if you're listening to this and you're worried about, well, what happens? Will I get stuck? Probably not. Probably not because you just go and it's, and the, the further you get in your transition, the more it just, I don't know, everything comes together. And so it's very simple. People do get stuck though. Usually it's fear-based. Mm-hmm. I did something wrong. I'm going to hell. I'm doing, you know, like all of those thoughts come through. It can even be the fear of missing out on your kid's graduation. Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen that before. I've seen a mom that put the brakes on it and said, no, 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 no. I can't go anywhere. I can't go anywhere. And then mm. you have to explain to mom, it's okay. You're still going to be able to attend the graduation if you cross over. Mm. And then they always say, how do you know? And then they say, I don't, I just trust. 
you know, mm. and then they, they cross over and come back. And eventually I could say to them, I know because people have crossed over and they've come back and they've let me know. So yeah. there's a lot of different reasons. I uh, ran into a woman who was um, on a drug trip and a really bad one and uh, was in a car going to college. And I believe her, someone was bringing her there to drop her off or something, got in a car accident and died in the car accident. And then still really thought that she was on a, on a bad, uh, bad, bad ride yeah. from, from drugs. So there's a lot of different situations that can happen. Sometimes I remember once I went into, I went to a building to go pick up some paperwork and it was a federal building. So they had the police staffed in the, in the lobby and I went upstairs and I got the paperwork and I got back in the elevator to go down. And there was this old gentleman in spirit form in the elevator. And he says, can you find her? And I was like, what's going on? He goes, I told her that I would find her. And so he was looking for his wife. So he was confused. And I said, okay. And I'm, I'm talking out loud to him. Cause I was the only one in the, elevator. in the elevator. Yeah. And I'm talking out loud to him. And I'm like, it's okay. Look around. Do you see this? Do you see light? Do you feel this? Let's move toward feeling, you know, the good light and this and that. And, and he says, okay, I think I'm okay. And then I could see him kind of disappear. Cause it's nothing magical for me when they're done, they just disappear. Wow. But I was like, oh, awesome. And I remember turning back to the doors of the elevator, which are now reclosing. So I didn't <laughs> notice that the doors opened and I stood there with the two police officers in the lobby looking at me, talking to thin air in an elevator. And then the door closed. This is so good. And I thought, <laughs> oh, now I have to push the button and open these doors again and walk past these two kind gentlemen. Oh, yeah. this is so funny. That That's they, a wonderful story. I, think it, I imagine they looked at you like, uh, is she okay? Yeah. Yeah. Is they she, were like, is she good? Okay. We might have a, might have somebody who's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you got out of that elevator. Um, It's so interesting what you shared, how once you have this communication with, with that soul, with that spirit, and it sounds like you're giving them the encouragement in that moment to push back past whatever fear is keeping them stuck, that they just move on. They ascend, they go to the light. Um, I'm curious, do you come, do you just naturally come across these souls or do they show up in session for you? Um, cause I know this is a big part of your work. So I'm curious how this presents itself in its sort of every day to day, because I imagine you're not, I mean, are you on all the time or do you have, are you able to sort of turn this off for yourself? Yeah, I'm on all the time. <laughs> oh man. I know. I know. And, uh, so I come across them in my day-to-day activities. I do happen to be a bit of a, uh, introvert hermit. So I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not out every single day, but yeah. I do come across them and I've gotten very good at crossing somebody over without mm. talking out loud in an elevator. Um, so <laughs> I would say 90% of the spirits that I assist, I run into or are drawn to me. They know that I can help. Like the ones that are drawn to me are the ones that are looking for help. Mm, because they can, they feel you as that resource or that source to connect with, to yeah. aid them. It's like they source you out sort of. Yeah. If you're open and you can connect with them, they, they know that. Mm-hmm. They know that you're not going to surprise a spirit by going, Hey, I can see you. <laughs> Even can though you imagine? Great, but it's like in a movie, right? But, <laughs> that um, is total a movie moment where they, they're surprised by your presence versus the opposite. 
Yes. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like a radio dial, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And they know that you're on the same frequency. Mm-hmm. And when somebody passes, we have what I like to explain is three bodies. And I'm going to give you the grilled cheese analogy because it's one of my favorite ones. I love analogies. It's how I teach. Well, if it involves grilled cheese, you've got to give it to us. (laughs) Right? Isn't that the best? So we have three bodies. We've already set this up perfectly. (laughs) I know. We have three bodies. And think of, of our experience here on earth, those three bodies as a grilled cheese sandwich. There's the physical body, which is a piece of bread. There's the cheese, which is the programming body. And then you've got the uh, spiritual body, which is the other piece of bread. So physical body, programming body is our human mind uh, in this life. And then our spirit is our spirit. So when somebody passes away, the cheese and, and bread disconnect from one piece of bread. So it's, it's why I use this analogy because it works for everything. People are like, well, what happens when you astral travel? You just stretch that cheese from the bread, but you never really completely disconnect. So when we pass away, we go into the in-between with just the spiritual body and the programming body, but we leave that physical body behind. So really in essence, the people that are stuck in the in-between are the exact same people they were on earth. They just don't have a body. It's not until they cross over to the other side that they get rid of that sticky cheese that's called the programming body from this lifetime. And they are just fully 100% that last remaining piece of bread, which is the spirit. So hmm. it's uh, this is why it's very uh, psychological in the in-between. It's, it's why it's based in fear, because really the predominant thing in the in-between is that programming body, that, that human mind, the experiences that you had. Mm, that makes so much sense. So it's that human mind, that perspective, that fear that I'm not ready yet, whatever emotion or uh, thought that comes up that's, that's stuck in the, that moment that they haven't quite released that would allow them to progress forward, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, it's so interesting and, and I'll share this. I haven't shared this on the podcast, but uh, I have two grandparents. Well, I have three, but two grandparents that passed away in the last year or so. And um, I've worked with a medium or I worked with um, a psychic uh, twice after each, each grandparent passed away. And it was shared with me that they went to the light immediately and that they experienced this review process where they sort of like looked at their whole life, which was fascinating for me to learn about. And my grandfather who passed away in 2020, um, he ruffles the bed that he used to sleep in every night. And so my grandma wakes up every morning, she goes into his room and she sees the comforter is all messed up and it used to really scare her. And um, I had this idea that, well, maybe grandpa is just showing up so that you know you're not alone in the house, so that you have this level of comfort, um, so that you know that he's still there. And she kept going, I don't know, I don't know. And she feels like she talks to him all the time. And then it was confirmed for us that that is in fact um, what he is doing. And so I think it's so beautiful because she could have easily been very afraid of this interaction of him showing up in this way. But it's so it's amazing and so beautiful to me that even on the other side where he's truly in this soul spirit form, he is still trying to take care of her and still trying to make sure she's okay. And so I share this story because I hope anyone that's listening can maybe find those moments in their life where a loved one or something is showing up where your initial reaction would be, 
WTF is this, uh, what, but really Mm -hmm. it's something beautiful and comforting. Um, and so I, I'm very, I love the idea that neither of my grandparents were stuck in a space of fear. They both have shared in their own way, uh, that they were so excited to go to the light and be reunited with family or friends or souls that they have traveled lifetimes with, um, and be able to interact with all of us in a new way, uh, while crossed over. And so what a gift to be able to interact with someone who has these capabilities, who can share this knowledge and this information. And I'm sure for you, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I can only imagine that through this work of working with souls that get stuck and moving them through um, changing their perspective or giving them the encouragement that they need, or even working as a medium and sharing messages with people, I can just imagine it gives you that same sense of love, comfort, and joy uh, that it gives other people who receive it. Oh, oh yeah. There's been many tears. Mm, There's yeah. been many moments where, because you're tapping in energetics, there's a lot of feeling connected to this and a lot of emotions sometimes. And I've run into uh, spirits that are connecting that were absolute like soulmates. Like a woman has mm. come to me because she lost her husband of like 65 years. And the second I you know, tap in and he shows up, I feel that love. Now, mind you, I was married for 20 and got divorced. So Mm -hmm. unfortunately I wasn't, didn't have that soul connection like that, but being able to feel that it's just, it's incredible. It's absolutely Mm -hmm. incredible. And then, you know, the woman is crying because she misses him so bad. And I'm like, yeah, I, mm -hmm, absolutely. There's a lot of moments that, um, that are really, really helpful. And I've had clients and that have come in and I don't do readings anymore because I am doing so much work with the teaching and crossing over, but I had a client come in once that helped me inadvertently. Uh, and this has actually happened many times. It's, it's kind of what happens when you connect on a soul level. The day before the client came in, my two kids had gone to an adventure camp in the winter and I went to pick them up and I got sat down by the teacher because <laughs> my kids insist, like they caught them going out on this pond and the ice was really thin. So we had to have a discussion about it. Mm. The ice was actually so thin that, that the next day it was gone. So the fact that they went out on that pond and came back fine yeah, is a miracle. But then what do you do as a mom? Then you spend the next two days going, what if, what if, mm-hmm. what if they would have, what if they would have, and you, you, I was building up all this kind of connection and fear. And then maybe it was the next day or two days after, but it was right after a woman came in and sat down and said, I'm here for a reading. And all of a sudden two young boys came in the room and I could tell that they were twins. I have a sign for twins and they were very young. And she says, yes, that's who I came to connect with. Those are my boys. And it turns out I didn't get all the details, um, but together between what she said and what came through for me, it turns out that one of her kids went through the ice and the other kid went out to try to get his brother and went through the ice as well. I haven't, I cried absolutely cried. And I said, I told her, I said, I'm going to need just a moment. <laughs> She's like, absolutely. And then we spent the rest of the hour with her talking to them and, and connecting with them and me just trying to do everything I can to help the process. 
And at the very end, I didn't even share with her because I kind of felt that that was unprofessional. I didn't want to be like, well, my kids almost, but they didn't. Like I didn't, I wasn't going to go down that road Yeah, yeah. at all. Here's a woman who lost both kids. And, but it's almost like intuitively she knew because she was leaving and she said, do you have kids? And I said, yeah, I do. And she says, well, I just want you to know that, you know, love them and hold them and that they're going to be just fine. And Mm. she walked out of the room and I don't know, like we, we came together to help each other in the way that we needed to help each other. So that Mm -hmm. happens all the time. Mm. gets really connective. I know it kind of took off in a different direction there, but. No, I think that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that because what I take away is that this can be a very co-creative, co-healing process. Yes. So what you share is healing for the receiver, but also simultaneously healing for you. And I remember I had a conversation many, many years ago um, with someone, her name is Catherine Schiff. And this was something that she shared. She's a, a psychic intuitive. She shared this with me as well, that you, whatever conversation you walk into with a client, you really can't totally anticipate where it's going to go and what's going to come up, but there is always a nugget of healing for her as well. And I think that's so interesting because I walk away from conversations like these for the podcast and there's something I take for myself personally as well that I don't anticipate. Um, and I think it's just so beautiful when you engage with someone else, there's always going to be a co-healing, co-creative um, process. I think that takes place, even if we're not totally conscious of it. Yeah. And, and I walked away from that one. I, I mean, that that's so true. There's so many that I've mm-hmm. walked away with that a little nugget of, of love in some sense comes through and it's absolutely wonderful. But I walked away from that situation realizing that whatever's going to happen is going to happen and focusing on being fearful of something that hasn't happened isn't good. Yeah. You know, so, and I wasn't able to be completely present with my kids because I was worrying about some, what if, so yeah, yeah, it's, there's so much growth and there's so much healing. It's, it's really quite beautiful. Mm. I have just so enjoyed this conversation. I didn't, I shared this with you at the beginning. I didn't know truly like which direction we, we were going to go once we got started. But I think what's so interesting and what I'm really taking from our time together is, um, we're all intuitive and we all have this ability to tap into this level of intuition. But then on the other side of our combo, we went to this place about talking about spirits and souls and those that get stuck. And, and a question that just came to mind actually, as I'm sort of processing all that we've discussed here is when, when you do connect with souls, whether it's those who have crossed over or those that are stuck or are there common messages or themes or things that are shared that maybe, um, our loved ones, or even just spirit guides in general want us to know? Um, Is there anything that has kind of come up for you that's maybe a common message or or common theme in that way? Oh, that's a great question. I think that most of the time when advice comes through from a loved one or from a guide, most of the time the advice is based in on path or off path versus right or wrong. So one thing that I've learned from that happening so many times is to make decisions not based on cultural right or wrong, not cultural right or wrong, but like what your parents, you know, told you was right. This is right. This is wrong. But make choices based on, are you on your spiritual path or are you off of your spiritual path? 
for example, somebody that is married and miserable and, but there are ways that you do not get divorced. That's Mm. bad. Mm -hmm. That's the block. And they'll sit down with me and the guides come through and say this, you know, it doesn't have to do with what's right or what's wrong. It has to do with you being okay. And you being on your path and thriving because you're not thriving, you're spiraling. So it's usually on path and off path and not so much what's, you know, etiquette or not etiquette or right or wrong. They want you to be in your bliss authentically. Mm, That's beautiful. So it's about on or off your spiritual path versus right or wrong. I'm curious too, there's something you talked about. I think this is like the very beginning of our conversation about ground, clear and protect. And, um, I think it would be wonderful if we could close out this conversation by you sharing what that practice is. And, um, my understanding is it has a lot to do with how we take care of our energetic body. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love if you could share like what, what, what is GCP ground clear and protect? Absolutely. I, this is my number one go-to. If mm-hmm. someone said, you can only teach me one thing, I would say, yeah. this is it. Cause it's simple. It's it's free. It's simple. You don't need any tools. And in essence, what it is, is you're recognizing your energetic body and we're taught to protect our physical body. You know, we're taught that personal space and all that kind of stuff. We put clothes on in the morning, you know, things like Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. but we're not, many of us aren't taught to take care of our energetic body and the energetic body is not only within the physical body, but it out, it expands outside of the physical body. So when an interaction happens with you and another person, your energetic body picks it up before you ever see it or hear it or smell it or anything. Your energetic body's already picked it up. So if somebody randomly yells at you, that anger's already in your body before you hear it. So GCP is a way to stop yourself from picking up all of that extra because not all of these interactions are on your spiritual path. Mm -hmm. So in essence, grounding, and I tell everybody do this uh, really kind of authentically to you, like make it work, the visual, you can use your imagination, ground into the earth first, ask mother earth to hold you more securely. That way you can uh, raise your vibration even higher with more stability. So grounding would look like imagining tree roots coming out of your feet, or I like to put a rope around my waist and pull it tight down to the earth. Some people use flowers, come up with whatever way that you symbolically connect with mother earth and have her ground you. Once you're grounded, then you clear. So you pick your favorite element, water, wind, you know, fire, and have that element go all the way through you, clearing out that which is not for your highest good. So now you're grounded, you're cleared. Now you're going to do protection. You're going to put a bubble around you and imagine the bubble is there as a filtration system. Go ahead and ask the bubble to allow in what's for my highest good and do not allow in what's not for my highest good. Now, what's going to happen in this situation, there's a couple of th- really cool things that happen. I tell people, do this once in the morning, once at night. If you want to do it randomly in the middle of the day, you can do that too. But what will start happening is you'll have situations that come up. Maybe another person comes up and yells at you and you don't feel triggered. You don't feel reactive. You 
it's, it's a very bizarre experience and it works so well Mm. that it's a game changer. And I can't tell you how many times people about a week after using it, reach out to me and they're like, wow, this is wild. And I'm like, I know. Wow. Wow. (laughs) So it really helps to, to protect you from picking up all of the energies. You walk through the grocery store and you can pick up sadness from somebody just standing in line and you don't need that. And here's the even better part of this is once you do this, you've cleared out your energetic space. What is left in your energetic space is you and all of you and everything that's supposed to be on your path. It makes manifesting easier. It calms the mind. I mean, it's, it's just a really, really magnificent tool. And it's the order that you do it in that makes it work so well. Wow. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for sharing how people can really implement, I think, this exercise in their Mm -hmm. life too. How incredible because it allows you to let go of what isn't yours and maintain who you are. Um, To close out, I want to ask you the question I ask everybody that comes on the podcast. And I could truly talk to you forever. I I just realized how much time has gone by. So (laughs) I can't thank you enough for this conversation. But um, I always love to ask, what is your biggest dream? My biggest dream is to be amongst a massive amount of individuals gathered together, celebrating that they finally stepped into their best life. Mm. That's always, I, I, I always have dreamed of that, of being in this huge experience. Maybe it's like a huge field and it's just all these people recognizing in each other and they've all made the commitment to live, live authentically. And it's a celebration. That's always been kind of my dream is being able to experience that with so many people because Mm -hmm. I feel like I did it. I don't feel like I did it. I did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My life now is this is it. This is everything I've ever wanted. And I'm so happy. And there's not a part of my life that I don't like. And it took the courage for me to step in. Yeah. And I just want to, I don't know, celebrate that with as many people as I can doing the same thing. Mm, Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much. for this conversation, for coming on the podcast, for everything that you shared. I would love it if you could share with everyone where they can connect with you, find the SAGE method, which I know is this life-changing intuitive training program that teaches people so much of what we talked about today, about how to open up to their intuitive um, abilities and really step into their own authentic life. So where can they find that, find you, connect and, and learn more? They can find everything at the website, Thesagemethod.com. And really, the biggest components there, there's a free course if somebody wants to jump in right away. But we have the Sage Method course, which is a seven week training session. And then there's also the Sage Circle community, which is a community of um, spiritual seekers who are honing their intuition as well. And it's a really fun community. Mm, Beautiful. Okay. Everything's going to go in the show notes, the link uh, to find all of that and to connect with you and Isabel, just thank you so much again for this wonderful conversation. I've had an awesome conversation. Thank you so much. Me too. What a fun way to start the day. Exactly. Seek the Joy podcast is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created, produced, and hosted by me, Sydney Weiss. 
You can tune into all of our episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're enjoying the show, hit follow and leave us a five-star rating and review. Make sure to join the community, join the conversation on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. And don't forget, you can actually watch today's new episode and all of our episodes on our brand new YouTube channel. Click that link in the show notes to subscribe and tune in. As always, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you right back here next week for another Seek the Joy Tuesday.